Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is gopowercat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald with great news to share with our valued 24-7 sports VIP members. As a way of saying thank you, a subscription to a CBS all-access commercial-free plan is now included with your 24-7 sports VIP membership at no additional cost. Watch all of your favorite shows on demand along with exclusive Exclusive access to GoPowerCats award-winning and one-of-a-kind coverage of Kansas State sports. Stream more than 10,000 episodes, all-access originals, and live TV, including NFL on CBS games. Enjoy the CBS all-access commercial-free plan, a $99.99 annual value for the lifetime of your 24-7 sports VIP membership. It's an incredible added value for our subscribers, and it's time you probably take advantage of this deal and become a GoPowerCat member. And remember to subscribe to the PowerCat podcast at your favorite podcast provider, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here is your PowerCat podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's Tannehill and Spiller PowerCat podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here are your hosts, former K-State tight end Travis Tannehill and former Wildcat safety Monte Spiller. Welcome to the Tannehill and Spiller podcast. After a tough, uh, tough-fought loss against West Virginia, not, not one that uh, I think either of us were really expecting to struggle i know i think i predicted 41 17 maybe or yeah. something like that <laughs> yeah I, pre- I predicted 45 17 i believe but before we get started uh i'm blaming this loss on you on me <laughs> if i remember correctly you predicted that we'll finish the season eight and four i know i and thought so- <laughs> about that so now i got a chance to be right <laughs> and so right now we're on track thanks for that man but, yeah my um, bad my bad it's all good but no you know i don't know I was at the game, and, and, and as you were, um, I felt like we came out confident. You know, that we, we get a get a punt. Um, we come out first play, go deep, score a touchdown. I'm like, okay, as expected, we're going to dominate. And after that, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know if we got overconfident or we kind of took the foot off the pedal or they made adjustments. And I noticed, too. And give them credit. They came out with all kind of pre-snap looks. And uh, I thought we adjusted to it well and got lined up properly. But they just seemed better prepared than we did. You know, I could be wrong. And I'm not saying they outcoached us, but they had a great game plan. Yeah, and I think the the biggest thing for me still is is this run game for Kansas State. And I think teams in the Big 12 are starting to figure it out. We – I don't remember – what uh, what coach said it, but or if it was a player who said it, but someone said like they're starting to blitz on run, they're blitzing the run plays, mm-hmm. which makes a whole lot of sense because this offense is one for doing 
some crazy poles. Right. And and the easiest way to kill poles is to kill it with penetration. Blitz, yeah. If you get someone following that polar or, or just blowing up that, those polling schemes, which take a few seconds to develop, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the easiest way to blow them up, which I think is what's starting to happen. So there's ways to counter that, and I think that uh, that offensive staff will, will figure that out. But I think the last two games – both those teams have done a nice job of stopping down that, stopping up that run game. Yeah, and it, and it goes with any league. You know, football is a, you know, at the NFL level, the college level, the high school level, it's a copycat league. So if they got film from the week before, and if a team had success stopping the run, obviously you're going to go back and, and kind of repeat that. Maybe put a little bit different spin on it. But yeah, they see it on film and say, hey, they had some success against K State stopping the run. We're going to throw this at them. Um, this is their rundown. This is their tendency season and I'm thinking that's probably what happened now you know after so many weeks obviously K-State has a good offensive coaching staff they'll make adjustments now the question is will you know will Texas Tech adjust to it and will we adjust but uh, I think you're right you know um, West Virginia came in with a great game plan they brought heat a lot and they trusted their corners and man uh, situations and, and and kudos to the safeties they made some plays early in the game and late in the game that were uh, dudes as being dudes and, and, and you know big time players made some big time plays and they did yeah and when you look at you know we were K-State was relatively healthy I mean Skyler threw the ball Pretty stinking well. Twenty four for thirty nine, two ninety nine. Yeah, a couple turnovers, which which you hate to see. Uh, you know, we had James Gilbert back, which mm-hmm. was nice. He got thirteen touches for sixty yards, four and a half yard average, and one touchdown. I mean, that's a pretty solid day, especially yeah. coming off an injury. Um, two weeks ago, we we kind of criticized K State for not running Skyler enough. Yeah. 14 carries, only 19 yards. So it's like they tried. Yeah, they did. And I'm sure three or four of those were scrambles. So, you know, he probably got eight, nine carries, uh, true carries. So, I mean, it's like they followed the script Mm -hmm. and they followed the game plan and they stuck to their guns and and only putting up 20 points. I mean, that's got to be disappointing if you're that offense. And and I think – Guys had opportunities to make plays, and and I say I would never question the kid's heart um, because you're a D1 athlete. You're, you're at the highest level, at the collegiate level, obviously. And but I think there were plays where they just wanted it more than we did, and they made those plays, and we didn't. Yeah, you looked on that sideline, and I I, I hated, and I still hate how like I mean, like momentum. It's like no, it's not mom- like it is momentum. It is, but yeah. It's frustrating as a player because it shouldn't exist. Yeah. It's like we're better than them. We should win. Yep. But there's so much emotional side to this game, and there's so much momentum that happens, and it, it's frustrating because it makes no like sense on paper, but it, it's it's real. It's very real. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was almost like that sideline was pretty dead, pretty yeah. early. Mm-hmm. Even like the crowd, like yeah. kind of. Like I'm not gonna lie, I was. It was 60 and sunny. I was tailgating in a polo, right? And then it's like halftime, and I'm freezing. Yeah, you, you and me, yeah, you and me both. Yeah, I was the idiot who was like, it looked like about a third of the stands yes. who did not bring a jacket to the game. Guilty, guilty as charged, because about a third of the stands filed out yeah, about halftime, they and they did. didn't come back. And yeah. I was like. And I froze my tail off and sat there yeah. and was a good fan, stayed till the end. Ditto. But I, I was like, man, we're in Kansas. It's mid-November. We got to be smarter than this. And see, and it's funny because the people I was sitting with, I was like, I forget. Time changed, and now around 5 o'clock, 5.30, it gets dark. Oh, yeah, it got dark early, it now, got which dark, means it, it got cold early. It got cold and it got dark early. And I stayed there throughout the uh, game. But 
I, that you know, regardless of what people say, that played a role in it. Yeah. The, the emotion wasn't there from the standpoint of the fans, and I think the players uh, kind of fed into that as well. And if you look over at West Virginia's sideline, they're jumping up and down, they're flying around, they're having a good time, and they had more energy. And I think they played a role in in, in how they finished the game. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel. I mean, you know, as a player, you know, you feed off that crowd, especially yeah. Oh, yeah. especially on defense. You know, on offense, that's you know, they're supposed to be quiet. Um, but on defense, man, you feel that. And I'll still never remember Big Twelve Championship game against Texas. Yeah, my uh, my senior year. I mean, that crowd. You know, there wasn't an empty seat in the I, house. I was and, there as a, as a as a as a fan bouncer, and I remember yeah. a bunch of us former players left the stands, came to the sideline with you guys before the time expired. And I remember thinking, "This is phenomenal." Yeah, I, I mean, it was that. one of the best atmospheres Willie, ever. Willie was up Willie on, was up yes. on the press box, <laughs> and then they took a crane to that press box the next day. Yes, uh, but uh, I mean th- that crowd matter so if you're that yeah. if you're listening to this and you're a Kansas State fan and you go to the games first off bring a jacket it's mid November <laughs> it's gonna be late November next time K-State's home against Iowa State yes and get loud get rowdy because those guys need that I mean yeah. and they just need a little spark to get going sometimes so yeah. I know I mean everyone wants to be out there and you know obviously you're gonna be out there if you're age 18 to 22 and good mm-hmm. enough to good enough to get on the field but you can have a part in this team yeah because that that crowd makes all the difference especially in games where they're struggling a little bit it only takes yeah. you know in the second quarter they're struggling next thing you know crowd noise is loud they get a false start yep they, you know they're backed up they got a throw and they could have ran and you get a pick and next thing you know the whole flip script and and k-state goes on and wins so it, ma- it, it truly matters truly matters it does and you know something outside of the crowd, I was kind of shocked to see, but I, I, when I researched it, it was accurate. That was the fourth loss we had to West Virginia in a row. I think, yeah, I think I saw that as I well. Was, I was kind of surprised. It was a little surprising. I'm yeah, like, I was like, huh. really, four in a row? And but you know, going back, it was true and accurate. So that kind of surprised me because I felt like um, I remember the days when they had Geno Smith and we would just and, and they were ranked high and we went up there and just dominated. Dude, them. That was a fun game. Yeah, I remember that. And I'm just yeah. thinking, you know, I can't believe that we lost fourth, but we did. And it's one of those things where it was kind of a comment where people were blaming the white helmets for the loss. And somebody made the comment that the, the three previous times we lost to them, yeah. we had the traditional <laughs> silver with the power cast, so you can't really blame. Yeah, I even helmets. saw like, yeah, yeah, you, oh, which, which we can bring those up real quick. I mean, again, <laughs> one, if you're a fan that doesn't bring a jacket to the game, you're, you're a bad fan, which yeah, me and Monty a, are both in that boat. We're guilty. If you're a fan that's blaming the white helmets for a K-State loss, Stop you are it. also a bad fan. Stop it. So continue listening. <laughs> continue hanging out on Go Power Cat. But quit blaming that on losses because yeah. there's nothing about white helmets or white pants that have anything to do with losses. Exactly. At the end of the day, I mean, it helps us because it gets us better recruits. It does. In theory. And it's so. funny, and you, I'm pretty sure you noticed it. I know K-State Athletics in this marketing standpoint, there were – um, the hoodies, the T-shirts, um, people had the, the cat script uh, all over, you know, walking around the stadium with the new gear on. I loved it. I didn't get by any. I should have. Yeah, I but, need to. Yeah, I loved it. But I was like, you know what? That's great for the fans. It's great for the school. And it's a good look for us. I know um, I can't think of his name. Is it Scott Van Pelt? Yeah, Scott. Yep. He had the, the new helmet yep. on his show, on his show yep. earlier in the week, I believe it was, prior to the game. So, you know, it gives K-State no notoriety. It's, you know, it's different. Why not? You know, yep. it's not a negative. It's Something a different. Yeah, I saw a couple of the national, uh, you know, football-type accounts on Twitter tweeting it out, right. just saying, hey, nice, nice fresh look from yeah, K-State. Yeah. So. And, too, I mean, I don't know how you are, but I got about a dozen purple or gray Powercat hoodies. Oh, yeah. And my wife's like – 
You, you don't need another hoodie. And now I'm like, oh, I need another hoodie. I need something different. I need, I need a gray one that says CATS, yes. C-A-T-S, on the front of it. So now I got a new excuse to go get a brand new hoodie and go. spend 60 bucks and give it to K-State. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, going back to the game, you know, it was one of those things where we we would have a drive and then all of a sudden it would stall. We would punt. Defense would stop. And it was kind of like neither us or West Virginia really wanted to take control of the game. You know, even late up until the you know point where we threw the last interception uh, to end the game, I felt like we had an opportunity to win it. And I don't know, it, it, was, it was hard to get a grasp of the flow of the game. Yeah. And, and two, I mean, even that INT there at the end, I mean, he was open. He was open, yeah. He was open. He was, he's at, he was wide open. And he I listened, to, I listened to the postgame uh, live. I thought it was more of like a scramble drill. Yeah. Lot, you know that, that was called. Yeah, I mean, they were they were two high safeties. They were gonna they were gonna send guys up the sideline, widen the safeties out. He was gonna run a little fifteen yard button hook and go kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it worked to perfection. Yeah, he was open. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, I don't know if they drew that one up in the dirt or what, <laughs> but it. Uh, I mean, it worked. It was just Skyler got a little bit of pressure. Yeah, had to throw it off his back or front foot. One of the two didn't quite have his footing right and just just hung it up there just just a yard or two short and. Man, because I saw that ball let go. Like, oh, he got, oh, he got him. him. He got him. We're about to win this game. Yep. Game. Yep. Nope. And it was game. I not for the right guys. Game so. the other way. So, yeah. how do you feel? What What are your thoughts? We heard some of the players say afterwards that maybe they took West Virginia for granted. I, 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 I respect their honesty. Yeah. Because, and cause I That's get, what it looked like. Yeah, I respect their honesty because I guarantee – the coaches always told them all week, don't take anybody for granted because you know it's D1. Anybody can beat anybody at any given date. But I, I believe it because the way they played, they didn't play them the same tenacity they played Oklahoma. They didn't play them as nearly as tough as they played KU. And I think West Virginia is better than KU. You know, yeah, and, and they didn't play them nearly as hard at yeah. home. So I can believe it. And hopefully uh, lesson learned moving forward. You don't underestimate anybody. And hopefully they finish the season like you predicted, eight and four, going to a decent bowl game. Yeah. And that that's where this team, from a maturity standpoint, I mean, to be a to be a nine, 10, 11 win ball game ball team. I mean, you got to bring it every week because when you're that good, you got a bullseye on your back, man. And you're getting everyone's best shot because they know if they knock you off. I mean, K State was still ranked 24th, I think. Yeah, yeah. If West Virginia can they knock were. off a ranked opponent, which yeah. they did, yeah. that's a pretty big that's a pretty big notch on a new coaching staff's belt. So it is on the road, on the road, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, late in Big 12 plays. So I think that that's where truly great teams figure out a way to bring it every single week, which is hard. It's a long season. It's emotional. Injuries happen. Yeah. But the the more and more mature this team gets, I think I think they'll figure that out. And I, I don't know if, like, the transition, like, where you kind of just start over again. And so in two or three years, we'll start to see that maturity happen. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, you got seniors out there. They should be mature enough. Right. But – I don't know. It, it's tough. It's hard. To, it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, we did it down at Texas Tech one time and yeah. got waxed. Yep. <laughs> and so, I mean, it happens to any good team. But, it, it, man, it's frustrating from a fan standpoint. It is. but And, and I want to encourage the K-State fans to remember and, and look at other teams in, inside the Big 12 and outside the Big 12. How many other teams right now are two games above 500? Well, we're six, seven and four, six and four. Two games or one game above 500 with a new coaching staff. Yeah. 
If you, th- if you think about it. And, and, they're, oh, yeah. and they're both eligible. KU's not. No. West Virginia's not. Nope. Houston, where they – Hogerson is the old coach. At yeah. They're not. No. You know, if you Tech's look at not. that – Yeah, exactly. Tech's not. If you look at all those schools, none of those schools are probably going bowling, and none of those schools are above 500. So, with a new coaching staff, and none of those schools beat Oklahoma, who is now back again – the number one team in the Big 12 after they came back and yep. beat Baylor. Yep. So, you know, is it frustrating that we lost the game? Yeah, sure it is. But Big picture. Yeah, great. look at it. Seriously, I mean, look, the future is bright. And yeah. if we can win out like you predicted, I'm going to keep reminding you of that, 8-4. <laughs> and <four. laughs> If we can finish 8-4, and four, that's a great season, man. Sure, that is a great season. That's what, yeah, I, I saw I saw somewhere, I think Mike Stanley, the the uh, the guy who does the helmets on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, which he, t- which he does a great which job. Which he does I a great it. job. I love it. Which he does, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his real job is, but he needs to go work for Nike. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I think he tweeted out like, "All right, guys, K State is bowl eligible. We won our big non-con game, and we beat Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> like life's pretty good for a first-year coach. Seriously. And that's that's going back to the stupid helmets. <laughs> I was like, guys. If this is our biggest problem, that we're as a fan base, we're bickering about helmets. Uh-huh. We're, we're in a pretty good shape. I mean, we could be fighting over should we fire our head coach? Yeah, because we're five hundred for the eighth year in a row. But you know what, exactly. We know what that says, though. We our fans have become spoiled because yeah. they're used to win, used to, which is a great thing to have, a great problem to have. You're used to being competitive, you're used to winning, you're used to expecting certain things. But I'm not saying, and don't settle. No, you never want to settle. But look at the big picture. we got to be realistic. Like you said, you know, first-year coach, you know, if it was his fourth or fifth year, yeah, definitely. Frustration should set in. But as a first-year coach coming from a different, uh, from coming from FCS to FBS, and I think they're doing a phenomenal job, and I'm more than happy with the job they've done so far, and I'm, I'm more than ecstatic with the recruiting job that they're doing and bringing some of the guys that they got coming in. So, I'm I, as a former player, as a fan, I'm really happy. Yeah. Overall, big picture looks great. The uh, the four-hour window on Saturday was a pretty poor product on the field. Yeah. But uh, from an energy – and I, I still think it goes back to energy. I mean, which is which – is, I don't know. I, I never – it's frustrating because I remember as a player, one time I, I just kind of was having a little moment. <laughs> little meditation moment in the cold tub or something. And I was like, man, we work so hard for like, you know, practices, you yeah. know, with weights and oh, everything. Man. It's like everything. four or six hours a day. Yeah. And it's like, we do that for 365 days out of the year. And we get to go perform for four, three and a half that's, hours, that's 12 it. times a year. Yep. And like, so we get 36 hours of game time. And like, you you knock out 36 hours in a week of football during practice time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how can you not? Give everything you got yeah. during that 70, 75 plays. And and it's not like they were not giving everything they had from an effort standpoint, but just the energy wasn't there. It, so It wasn't. And it was it was a collective energy. And I, I know probably a large amount of the kids, they were, you know, who doesn't want to win? But they need to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, hey, listen, was I part of the solution or was I part of the problem? Yeah. And did I give my all? And hopefully – they say, hey, you know what? I didn't give my all. This week is a new new start, opportunity to do it again, to get a win, and to get that two losses, you know, out of your mind because you know we've lost two games back to back that we probably should have won, including yep. that Texas game. Yep. So, yeah, Texas. I feel like is a Texas. We could have won West Virginia. We should have won. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of how how I put those those two two out there. But I mean, both of them. Yeah, very easily. 
could uh, could be an eight win eight win ball game team right now. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know we can't change it. And and moving forward, going to Tech, you know it's a six o'clock game. Um, you know Tech, they uh, I think they had a slim loss to TCU. Correct. TCU yep. jumped up, jumped out fairly early, but Tech battled back. You know Tech's one of those teams where they historically have not been good on defense. They're struggling in the secondary. You know if you can get Malik. Uh, Nose going early, and uh, I'm not sure when Gill uh, will be back. And if you get a couple other guys going, you know, get Sean going, we can move the ball with uh, efficiency and, and get up on them. And they're not built to come back from a large deficit. But on the, on the flip side, they're playing at home. It's a night game. Um, I don't know if it's senior night for them or not. It could be. Could be. But And, and you know, senior night, people are emotional. Uh, mom and dad are there. Family's there. And a lot of guys, most guys uh, aren't going to the NFL. So this is their last hurrah. So Because uh, they're not bowl eligible, to my understanding. And they want to give their best. So we got to understand that as a team. You know, do you want to be a spoiler? Not really. But you got to take that role how it comes. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it looks like uh... – Everything we've seen this year of Texas Tech, it looks like they're still trying to uh, outscore you. So, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which I mean, and that's where I mean, just looking at the stat line last week, Texas Tech, 333 yards passing from Duffy, four touchdowns, one INT. Uh, let's see here, 42 plus 19 is what 61. Mm. So like 69 yards of rushing yeah. offense. So they're still going to throw the ball around. They're still going to be Texas Tech. That's what they do. And that, and that's against a good TCU defense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so they're going to have some success on offense. And then uh, you know TCU, you know obviously Texas Tech defense gave up 323 yards, two touchdowns to a very average TCU yes. offense and uh, and quarterback. So we will we'll see how that one plays out. I mean, I hate to say we might have ourselves a shootout. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know if we get in the shootout, I don't know if that's good for K State because we don't play well. Like no. that's not our style. No, we have and we have to we have to win the special team. Battle. We yep. have to on the road against. We got guys. nothing this week for me. Oh my god, it, nothing. I mean, it yeah. wasn't. We didn't have any fumbles or anything, but just but nothing, nothing spectacular. Nothing. Nobody broke. We had opportunities, uh, very here and there. But you're right. Like special teams, normally we get something big out of special teams. We got nothing this week. So this coming up week, we definitely have to make it a point to win the special team game. So yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll see the old uh, the old Lubbock Texas shootout. They got guns and they're like red red raiders. Their little mascot carries around guns. Which yeah, seeing the West Virginia Mountaineer running out with a musket, it's just weird. (laughs) Just weird. Just a dude dressed up in like like Daniel Boone and a coonskin hat. I think you were jealous. No, not jealous. (laughs) I know better. Not jealous. I'd much rather have Willie on our side than some (laughs) some bearded male. so I mean, how, how you feeling about the Texas? I know we were both we both were feeling very confident about this West Virginia yeah. game, and I was feeling very confident about West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Iowa State. Yeah, same here. And now I'm very nervous for West Virginia and, and Texas, or, Texas and, Tech, or Texas and, Tech Iowa, State. and Iowa State. Yeah, because yeah. Iowa State goes and beat Texas, which it took a field goal. So Texas kind of got a taste of their own yeah. medicine from the previous week. But Iowa State at home. They played well. They jumped out early on Texas, kind of dominated Texas, battled back, give them credit. But with Texas Tech. You know, I, I, I still have the same 
train of thought going in. And I think now that we lost to West Virginia, our kids are refocused and they're not going to take – they better not take tech for granted. And I think I think the coaches will get them prepared. And I feel confident. You know, I think we can come out and win by 10 maybe, um, give or take. But um, we're the better team uh, as a whole. We're better coach as a whole. But we have to play our game and not let tech stick around. Yeah, that's what – I mean, this whole entire conference – Probably besides besides OU and Baylor on the top end and besides KU on the bottom end, uh-huh. those, what, seven teams, so, I'm, everyone everyone can beat anyone on any given day. No, I mean, I, I very. if you come out and you play 90% out of 100, you're going to lose. Yeah. It's and, a point, yeah it's, and, I mean, OU can get away with, you know, Bringing an A minus performance and winning against some teams, yeah. And and no offense to KU, but I don't think I think a lot of teams going against KU can. They're still they're still rebuilding. Yeah, they but are. everyone else is. As we can see, everyone's beating up on everyone. It's a, it's a battle. Yeah, it's a everyone's battle. beating yeah. up on everyone. Yeah. So kudos to the Big Twelve. You know, um, a lot of people always talk historically that the Big Twelve doesn't play defense, and I wholeheartedly disagree with that. And and I think. Our offense are just so prolific, and our quarterbacks and the receivers we have, we got so much speed. I don't care who you are. They're going to put up points against you. And when you got guys throwing for 300 yards, running for 150 yards, yeah, your defense is going to look average against that week in and week out. So, yeah. <laughs> so call it what you want, but yeah. it is what it is. So, yeah. yeah. Did you, speaking real quick, just overall Big 12, did you catch that OU Baylor game from I, last I, weekend? I did. And surprisingly, a lot of people turned it off early. I didn't just Me. because. Me. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest with you, I didn't turn it off because I was enjoying watching Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> so there were selfish reasons. Yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden, here they come. And, you know, I. Jalen Hurts, you know, he's one of those guys where he is a quality individual, a quality player, but he gained a lot more respect because, you know, people got guys get Heisman candidates, guys get MVP candidates, and he without without him, Oklahoma maybe is a, a three-loss team, including yeah. us, uh, including Baylor, and maybe Okie State because Okie State being or a Texas. rival. Or Texas, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll drop another but, one. But because, because of him and him alone – they won that game. Yeah. And, and no doubt. Because if, if they have an average quarterback back there, there's no way they recover from the deficit there against Baylor. I'm sorry. You just can't score faster. No, no. Unless he, you got a stud. Yeah, and he and he is definitely a stud. So props to that young man. But uh, I watched it, and, you know, I think Baylor gained some respect from some people because, you know, they took the foot out the pedal a little bit, but they, they proved that they can play with anybody. Yeah, they can play with a top ten program, which yeah. uh, which I think OU still is. Yeah, and yeah, so it was. I think like end of first quarter, I fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> I woke up at halftime, and I was like, "Man, they're still getting killed." Or whatever, yeah. I'm going to bed. Which is, it was like nine thirty. I was I was up. pooped from <laughs> freezing my tail off at the K State game. Um, so I went to bed, woke up, and then so Annie and Zach Hansen, who are K Staters that are that are down at OU now, we got a little group chat with them and some other uh, some other K Staters and and someone a text, congrats Annie and Zach, and I'm like, <laughs> what? It's Sunday morning. I'm so confused. <laughs> like first thing I read on my phone, I'm like, there's no way they won. <laughs> and they did. Followed up, I was like, holy cows, good yeah. for them. Yeah. So I always like to, you know, I love watching 
When K State plays, that's that's a program that I don't absolutely hate. So yeah. I like uh, like them succeeding, and right. it gets harder and harder to hate programs because you always got someone you like yeah. on that program. Yeah, man, I get you. But you know, the, the funny thing about it is, more than likely, unless something crazy happened, it's probably going to be a repeat of those two in the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, that'll be fun, and that'll be interesting to see how that that pans out. So uh, it makes for a good storyline. You know, it makes for good for the Big Twelve, and also I think Oklahoma, if they went out, because you can't really un. Man, Oklahoma State, you know, they quiet, but they are putting some numbers up on offense. And defense, they're getting at it, but you can't count them out yet no. because Oklahoma State, I think they play in Stillwater this year. I can see them jumping up and uh, getting Oklahoma if they're not on their A game. So we'll see. We'll see. Rivalry game, you never know. Definitely. You definitely. never know. Definitely. So who we got – Um. Who are we calling today? We got uh, Mr. Ty Zimmerman. Good old Ty. Mr. Junction City. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Good dude. So we will uh, take a quick break. We're going to get Ty on the line. And then uh, when we circle back, we'll get a few minutes with Ty and then uh, go from there. So see you in a sec. The Tannehill and Spiller Powercat Podcast is sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The Fridge is your source for all of your tailgate and party needs. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now we return to the Tannehill and Spiller Power Cat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back. We got uh, former safety and stud Ty Zimmerman with us on the line. Ty, how you been, man? I'm doing really good, man. Thanks for having me on tonight. Awesome. Sounds good. Just to, uh, I don't know, you and I catch up every once in a while, but just for our listeners to hear kind of what's, uh, what you up to nowadays. I know football's been over for, for a couple years now. Um, where are you at? Where are you living? What you doing for work? What's, uh, what's the wife Mandy doing and how's life going for you? Yeah, it's going really well. I actually uh, work for Fellowship of Christian Athletes now. I took this job uh, about a year ago. Uh, so I'm full-time with them. Uh, when I got done playing, uh, I had a short stint in New Orleans. Um, but when I got done playing, we moved back uh, to Junction City. I was teaching and coaching there for a few years in this, and then took this job. So we live in Junction, but I work in, in Manhattan, Junction City area. My wife uh, coaches a couple sports at Junction, does some soccer stuff. And then we got two little ones now. we got a daughter, uh, Brimley, that will turn four in February, and then a son that's about a year and a half now. So life is good for us. 
Awesome. Yeah, congrats on those two little ones. Love uh love following along with them. And and Mandy, the uh the marathon runner, she's always <laughs> I don't know how she does it. I can't run a four hundred meter dash right now if I needed to. She's like casual Crazy. casual fourteen miles on a Saturday. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Mm-mm. But yeah, uh, she just ran one. Uh, she just ran one in Kansas City on Saturday. Oh, uh, so yeah. we up there. She was running a fifteen k with a couple thousand runners up there. So yeah, she's she's getting into it. Better her than me. So <laughs> uh, Saturday's game: Cats versus West Virginia. How to? It sounds like you caught the game. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, not the outcome we wanted. Um, what did you think about that one? Yeah, I, I caught most of it. We we got back in time to uh, watch a little bit of it at least, and then it came out hot. I thought they had the ball rolling for a while, trying to fizzle it out in the, in the second half. Um, I think a lot of people underestimate West Virginia. I mean, they're a tough team. I think the Big 12 generally is a tough conference, and, and this year I think you're seeing that um, just around the league and stuff. So uh, I had heard some interviews after the game that maybe they uh, were a little bit more confident going in and maybe underestimated a little bit. Um, but, but they played well for the most part. They just uh, kind of came up short at the end. So, but I really like where the program's going. And I, I got to go to the TCU game a, a few weeks ago, and uh, just seeing some of the energy out there, new energy, uh, some of the, some of the new stuff they're implementing. Uh, I think the, the, the future is the bright one. Right on, right on. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I know um, a previous podcast, you know, I think I underestimated West Virginia. And, and I also looked at, you know, the Cats, the way they played against Texas, and I felt like they, that we were rebound uh, coming home today. I know you kind of alluded that you currently are working with FCA. Um, do you have the opportunity to reach out to the current athletes uh, over at K-State, or are you just strictly at the high school level? Uh, kind of elaborate on that a little bit more. Yeah, so uh, I'm mainly at the kind of middle school, high school level. Uh, we're we got some plans to uh, to start some stuff on campus there. Uh, like you know, they got a lot of uh, just different ministries, the athletes and actions, do a bunch of different ministries to reach the kids. Uh, really, my role is, is mainly with the coaches, which is kind of interesting. A lot of people don't know that with with FDA. Uh, I get to be around the athletes, but um, and main main role is ministering and serving coaches. Uh, but I did get an opportunity. They they uh, asked me to do some some chapel work, and so I got to do chapel for the TCU game. Oh, cool. uh, meet a, a few of the players that, that showed up to that, and then kind of hung out on the sideline with Jeff Smith and uh, some other guys there. So uh, that was a good time. I uh, don't do a lot of work with them, but um, they've been really open uh, to hosting some stuff. And we also got a on a um, FCA coaches clinic um, here in, in February, and they're going to host it there. So okay. uh, they've been awesome. Just the doors open and. Uh, they've been they've been good as far as my role. That's awesome. I, yeah, I guess I didn't realize that you got to go down to the when you went to the TCU game. You got to do that uh, that chapel role. How? It's that curiosity. I mean, you and I and Monty both have all sat in those those chapel seats, which is which is most fans probably don't know. But and correct me if I'm wrong. If this is how they still do it, Ty. But um, home games, it was always the day or the morning of before the game or a few hours before the game. And then uh, away games was always the night before in the hotel um, was when chapel was. And it was always an interesting interesting group because, A, I think a lot of guys just went to it because they were nervous. Um, and, and that was yeah. just kind of – it was just a way to settle the nerves and right. think about something else, which is great because you're getting guys in a good environment and uh, and allowing them to, you know, hear some uh, – Here's some truth and, and some positive, some positive teaching. So, how is that? Um, is it still the same? First off, and second, how was that like being on the other end of that room and being the one up in front, uh, doing front, up in front doing the teachings? Yeah, it's interesting. You, you mentioned that. I, I think I mainly went because uh, I didn't want to get bad luck. 
I, I, I went before the game just kind of like I did, you know, I, like one of those uh, pregame rituals or whatever. Uh, I mean, I wasn't. I, I've had conversations with you. I wasn't following Jesus at the time, and he really got a hold of my life a few years ago, which is what led me into this role. So it was cool for me being on the other end of that and kind of sharing. I got to share my testimony with him and kind of talk about that. And I used to be in you guys' feet not too long ago, and uh, I talked about having your identity in Christ and not your identity in, in performance, which I think is uh, very relevant to college athletes because day to day you got to perform well um and so it, it was good there was probably 35 guys that showed up but the, the cool thing was about half of the coaching staff uh, was there um and so it was cool just to get to to meet some of those guys that i hadn't met before and, and you know it's game days a little hectic so they can't sit, stick around and talk for a long time but the way we used to do it was in the team meeting room as you remember like right before our team meeting so we had our pads on and everything our lower half on but uh they do it uh, at the hotel there in the morning, morning before the game, and so uh, a little bit more relaxed, but it still got some other things going on. Uh, but it, it was good to get back and just be on the other side of that and be able to share how Jesus has, has worked in my life and uh, have some cool conversations off of that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know, yeah, you mentioned you used to go not to get bad luck. I used to go, so I, I felt like I didn't have to go to church on Sunday morning after a victory. I'm like, oh, if I go yep. to church Saturday before the game, then I don't got to go Sunday. So glad to yep. know you and I both, uh, but both of our uh, our spiritual maturity has grown up a little bit. So uh, going back or touching base on, I know, touching on Skylar Thompson, I know um, that's a man who's, Done some good things on the field this year, um, which you can touch on, but I know you're probably aware of some of his off-field stuff where, I mean, he's really kind of changed his life around um, for the better, and he obviously had a very tough childhood with losing his mother, so he's been through some real some real pain and some real struggles. Um, first off, do you know him that well, and, and or other than kind of from what you see from the outside in and the stories that get written about him, um, kind of touch on his play, how he's playing this year, and then kind of him as a man, if you know him any more than, than maybe some of the listeners do? Yeah, I don't know him too well. I, I met him after chapel. We exchanged numbers. Um, and so hopefully we can meet up, you know, after the season or something. I, I, I remember – I sat down with Colin uh, last spring because he actually spoke at our FCA banquet, and that was right around the time when all that happened, when, when Skyler came into Colin's office and wanted to know what's, what's this Jesus guy about and what does it mean to follow him, and, and Colin got to lay that out for him, and then you know, a couple months after that he gets baptized. So I've heard a lot of his story through Colin um, and just some, some times of rejoicing through that and seeing some stuff in the media. Uh, I saw some posts last week where he, with one of the youth groups there in, in, in town, and so I've heard a lot, a lot of that through Colin. As far as his play on the field, man, I, he impresses me. Uh, just his arm strength, his poise. I think it seems like, from, from an outsider's perspective, it, it seems like he's playing a lot more free um, this year. I think last year with the, the two quarterback system, you know this, but Travis just uh, with our experience that uh, even my senior year, I guess this was a year after you left, but we had the, the Jake Water, Daniel Sam's little thing going back and forth all year, and it just felt like. Neither one of them could get in a, could get in a rhythm because they were just trading trading snaps. And so I think now that that Scholar is the main guy, it seems like the, the team is really rallying around him. Um, and, uh, and I think he has a, a bright future ahead of him uh, next year as well. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. You know, I'm impressed with Scholar as a young as a young person and also as a player. And uh, you know, I. Being older, <laughs> I, I had the opportunity to watch you play also and, and being a former safety myself. And 
you know, I watched the whole game and I always appreciate safeties yourself and other guys that I played with and they came after me. And, and I will tell you, I know you talk about your work with FCA and, and we've kind of communicated outside of uh, football as far as the high school level with coaching and with also FCA and my son, Yancey, who is a freshman and who is also a safety, looks up to you. And it's, it's good for me as a former player, as a father, and as a follower also to see uh, yourself doing such good work in the community. And it kind of goes, um, I guess, unspoken, or not as much talked about because, you know, football is kind of the headliner. But uh, as you know and as Trav know, it's a lot more than that. But moving forward, tell me, um, I guess, what do we need to do as a team? Because we go to Lubbock, and you've played at Lubbock before, and I just saw the game is at, at 6 o'clock, I believe. And with the time change, it's getting dark a lot quicker. And, you know, Lubbock is one of those communities, is one of those stadiums. Nighttime, it gets rowdy. What do we got to do to get back on track? Yeah, it's a, a very true statement. Texas Tech is a tough place to play. Um, you got some rowdy fans and stuff. Um, I think the biggest thing you, you can tell a lot uh, from the the overall chemistry and the, the health of I think of a team uh, by the way they, they respond to adversity and uh, I, I think for the most part I think they've exceeded expectations already. I mean going in I don't think people had had high expectations for uh, just Coach Climbing in the new season. You know him coming from North Coast State and all that. I, I, I love the hire, and I, I thought going in uh, things are going to going to go well. And, and so I think they've done well up to this point. But I think uh, just bouncing back from from this tough loss uh, this week would be uh, just kind of a huge uh, showing, I guess, to to the fan base and to what they got. I think uh, the biggest thing is they got to get run game going early, open up the pass. Defense plays well. I think it's just when. Uh, when your offense is struggling to get points on the board, you know, you get tired and, and all that kind of stuff. I haven't seen a whole lot on Texas Tech. You know, historically they've been the no-huddle offense going quick, and so you get gassed a lot. And so I think if we can control, you know, time of possession, get some points on the board early, uh, I think we can, can uh, you know, take some of that momentum going forward. How do you feel kind of about the Scotty Hazleton defensive-led unit. I mean, it seems to be they're playing a little more aggressive, but as the season's progressed, I feel like man, maybe it's due to injuries. They've gotten a little softer, playing a little more of that bend-don't-break that, that K-State's kind of known for. First off, did you get to meet Scotty down at TCU? What are your thoughts on him? And kind of just as the defensive philosophy has been just slightly more aggressive this year, how are you feeling on that? And then how would you have liked to play in the system? Uh, yeah, so I met him just very briefly. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of time to talk to him. I, I like the an aggressive uh, style of, of defense. Um, I think they got you know some some guys do. They got some great uh, D linemen, you know, front seven that are playing pretty well. I think if you got the secondary to cover, then I mean, it's a good uh, good scheme to go go to. You know, when, when Coach Hayes was around, uh, he kind of totally switched up the system. My sophomore into the junior year, and, and remember junior year that was. We had a stud defense and uh, played some of that bend don't break, but he would play some zero coverage, some some one man high, bring a lot of pressure at different situations. And so I like the stuff that, that Hazleton is doing. Um, I think they need to continue to stick with it, continue to uh, be focused on stopping the run, and then make some plays in the pass game. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think he's a he's one of the the good bright minds on the staff and got a heck of a beard. So <laughs> he does, man. He, he does, does. He does. Well, we'll let you get back to to the two little ones. Get them. Uh, shoot, I'm sure they're all put to bed by now. But uh, let you get back to back to Mandy. And thanks for joining us. We'll uh, for sure need to catch up next time. Uh, next time we run into each other. So good talking to you, Monty. Take care, man. Good seeing you.
Yeah, good to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Zan. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for listening again to another episode of the Tannehill and Spiller podcast. Hopefully, uh, Next week we'll all be in a little more uh, <laughs> more positive spirit. I feel like I feel like we're handling this pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I'm not down about it. I'm optimistic. I, um, come on, guys. You know, here, here's my personal plea to the football team, guys. Let's, let's get a victory because when we win, and I say we, K State football and any sport for that matter. But when we win, Manhattan becomes Manhappiness. Aggieville appreciates it. All the apparel companies, all the restaurants, all the husbands are happy. And all the spouses, their wives are happy because their husbands are happy. So <laughs> let's get a win, guys, and uh, put this place back in a happy uh, situation like we should be. <laughs> yeah, no. Well said. There's nothing better than K-State Saturdays, especially when they win. Yes, sir. So until next time, see you all after Texas Tech. Go Cats. Go Cats. You've been listening to the Tannehill and Spiller Power Cat Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.